This podcast possibly contains spoilers, but definitely includes explicit language. Welcome to Rhyme and Reason Radio. I'm Joshua, the unpopular opinionist. With me are... I'm Adi, and I'm the editor-in-chief of Rhyme and Reason. And I'm Jeff. I'm the editor-at-large of Rhyme and Reason. Today, we'll be talking about the Netflix documentary Amanda Knox. Colon something something. I don't think there is one, though. No? Oh, She's called that. Amanda Knox. I feel it's, like there should be a colon. No, it's yeah, it's, Netflix. it's Amanda Knox, Hard Knocks. Boxy Noxy. Oh, my. <laughs> um, so, I did not pay attention to the news when this was happening originally. Uh, so, I found the documentary to be fascinating. Hmm. Although, I would like to turn it over to someone else who has more knowledge of the events to explain exactly what was going on. <laughs> um, Jeff, how, how clear are you on those details? Um, I'm clear enough, I think. So I did not necessarily watch as it was happening, but did catch wind of it on some sort of like, I don't know, like 2020 or some such, um, bringing attention to it a few years back um, and the sort of ridiculousness of the case. Um, so basically, um, Amanda Knox was a um, U.S. girl studying abroad in Perugia, Perugia? Perugia. Yeah, Perugia, Italy, um, and one of her roommates, um, Meredith Kirchner, I believe, or something. Kircher. Kircher. See, eh, fuzzy. But basically, <laughs> English national also studying abroad, um, was murdered in a pretty gruesome way um, in their shared flat slash house. Um, And so basically Amanda Amanda Knox, upon, I guess, returning from a a night of lovemaking, as she kept saying in the documentary, which grossed me the fuck out. Yeah, um, hold on. One second. She isn't guilty of that murder, but she is guilty of saying making love. Yeah. For sure. And she should be given a life sentence for saying it. With such gusto. Really, like, ugh. So, yeah, so she's returning. She returns from um, her night of whatever to her home um, to, I guess, find this this situation in which the roommate had died. And then the Italian police take her away, and they more or less force her to confess to the crime, as well as her boyfriend of being some sort of accessory to the murder, um, and don't really launch a full and proper investigation. Um, so then she's imprisoned, um, and then there are all sorts of like legal, I don't know, details. Um, it is alleged that it's this sort of drug-filled um, orgy sex stuff, I don't know, um, gone wrong, and like... The trial by media and all sorts of like ridiculousness, um, super sensationalized, um, and out of place, maybe step with what we would expect because she's sort of unassuming plain Jane girl. Um, and so then the horror is like, could she, this plain Jane, um, who looks pretty diminutive and, and certainly unassuming be a murderer. Um, and then of course the, the documentary, gets it just that like what do we think after presenting the facts of the case um and it's like 
one of the better of these kinds of documentaries. It's like fairly objective as as much as one could be, I think. Um, I don't know. So with that, like, what did you all think of it? Do you think, number one, um, that it was a, a good documentary? And then number two, do we think that she killed her roommate? Um, well, I, I do think it was a pretty evenly balanced documentary because you hear from Amanda Knox and you hear from the de- the detective as well, and then just like the different, aka Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, uh, the different pieces <laughs> of evidence as they were presented uh, for both her point of view and his point of view. Um, so yes, you have this sexist pig of a detective who uh, f- fancies himself as Sherlock Holmes. That's like one of the things he admits to early on. He's like, oh. You know, I became a detective, and I was listening to Sherlock Holmes. So he thinks he's all that in a fucking bag of potato chips. And so he just continues in the documentary to just say sexist things. And just, it's just amazing the different mindset that he has. Uh, granted, this was a few years ago, and I don't know when exactly they started filming this. So it's it's very interesting to see. Um, and... My opinion is that she did not do it because you can't have a translation error being your defining evidence of, like, she did it. She went out and found someone and they killed this woman. Yeah. It's like, that didn't happen. You are just looking for things that aren't there. He's looking at shadows and saying it's evidence. It's ridiculous. I think that the documentary was well done. I think that the marketing for this was also really well done oh because God. it shows, so like, good. the... Very memeable. She is, you know, I am a killer. Yeah. And I cannot possibly be a killer because this makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if you want to tip it one way, she did go home after ha- making love with her boyfriend, brush her teeth, get in the shower, then find blood, then look in the toilet yeah. and see feces, which is a very strange thing for the killer to have left anyway. And the f- I don't know. That was all weird. But the fact that she didn't, like, pick up on that, and then she was like, oh, I wonder if Meredith's okay after seeing some blood in the in the sink. I mean... Well, well she I, stepped in, like, a bath mat that had, like, soaked in blood, apparently. So do you think the guy took a, took a shower and then took a shit and then left? Which is crazy, because you always take a shit before you take a shower. Like, what kind of monster <laughs> are you? You wouldn't even flush the toilet? <laughs> yeah, <No>. like... <laughs> right, I mean, and then... Like, as, <laughs> yes, there, there are lots of things happening there. Um, certainly murderous person would do this combination in that order, I think. But they, like, eventually talk about this guy, Rudy, who, unfortunately, was an immigrant, and, like, then you worry, like, like xenophobia in wherever the fuck they are in Italy, and, um, but, but he has, like, not really a good alibi at all. He was with Meredith the night of the murder, he admitted via Skype to a friend that he held her while she was bleeding after she had been attacked, that he had been the one to use the bathroom, that he had fled the scene, um, and he was a sort of unseemly character who had been... Maybe and that Amanda wasn't even there. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean... <laughs> yeah, I'm certainly of the opinion that she didn't kill the roommate, but that she makes terrible decisions and is a whack job. Um which I think was more what the Italians were, like, weirded out about, probably, than, I don't know, maybe less convinced that she killed and more convinced that she was reacting inappropriately. And then her defense is, of course, like, well, how do you 
react in those situations. But like one would imagine not doing cartwheels in the police station. I mean, that was hearsay. There allegedly she did that, right? Um. So back in 20, 2007 is when this happened, and I'm pretty sure that when I went to college and I was still subscribing to Rolling Stone, I got a, one of those you know in-depth articles about, like, is Amanda Knox guilty or not? And they laid out all the evidence, and I'll try to find it and link to it as well. Please. That, that article was, like, mind-blowing to me because she's – I was look, I looked her up. We're, like, almost the same age. This could have happened to me. It could have been some weird thing where I went off to a different country and then – my roommate gets murdered and mm-hmm. I get the blame when there's no real reason for that to happen. There's lots of miscommunication and translation errors. Um, trans yeah, translating pe- people translating inappropriately as well. Um, I don't think that she killed Meredith, but she just like I've mentioned previously on another podcast episode, people handle, uh, not guilt, but, um, death differently. Oh yeah. Grieving. Yep. So, the fact that she wasn't crying her eyes out every time the, the camera was on her does not make her a murderer. Mm-hmm. And yet we consider continually just say, okay, well, if she's not doing it, she's a psychopath. She must have done it. It's like you, the whole that whole um, we have a speedy right to speedy trial here. It took her two years to get to the first trial. Yep. She was in jail for all that time. Like you don't have time to just like pity yourself. You just gotta make the best of the situation you're in. I, it was so irritating to me and aggravating that these men are just putting these emotions on her, and she she didn't happen to portray them at that specific time, and therefore she's a murderer. Right. And she said, like, you know, my eyes aren't definitive evidence. No. Evidence is evidence. You... Yeah. So it was uh, it was also very interesting to see how crazily the media spun this story. Oh, Just, like, sure. all the clips and... Uh... That guy, Nick Pisa from the Daily Mirror, uh, I can't believe he actually agreed to oh, do my... any sort of... Like, he, him talking was so slimy. It was like watching yep. somebody from the Harry Potter, like, a caricature of a, of a journalist. Yep. Yeah, he was a complete scumbag. Absolutely. And he wallowed in it. Yeah, he didn't apologize for any of that. No, he's like, at the end, he's like, oh, yeah, all these publications said these terrible things about her. Oh, well. And he, he's like, it was you! Yeah. It was you! Yes. You said those things. Uh, so, Jeff, when we watched the O.J. Simpson um, trial, when the, the police went through, the forensic team went through, they messed up a lot of the evidence. Mm-hmm. And in that case, it exonerated O.J., basically, because yes. they messed up so badly. Mm-hmm. And in this case, it, like, totally ruined Amanda Knox's life for four years. Yes. Mm-hmm. What did you think about that, like, uh, juxtaposed? I mean, it was just, like, <laughs> the most absurd situation of, like, uh, talking about trace particles and like the, the uh, i mean for fuck's sake it was just like the, only in italy it felt like um which is of course a terrible position to take but it was like the perfect storm of and i think that even the the quote-unquote journalist that nick dude was like the italians were desperate to prove that they were like up to snuff because it was this international case and but i mean like they bungled every goddamn thing mm-hmm. um like, just in, like, a sinful, shameful manner. And then, like, had the audacity to be like, well, she was this, like, sex maniac, and, like, what the fuck? Um, Slut-shaming? Right, like, just making some... But, like, yeah, worse than that. Just, like... And then, 
like the the levels of deceit and like that they made her more or less reveal her sexual history and like led her to believe that she was HIV positive. Yeah, and, like, that just was really fucked up shit. That's um, I feel like you could sue over that. Right. Well, right. and then like, does she like what kind of recourse do you have? And and then like the, I especially like was I don't know I don't even know what the word is I was horrified maybe by the Italian um, lawyers who defended um, Rudy, Rudy the one guy who was, like, upset that Americans were lecturing him on law um, and, like, whatever, the conclusion yeah. that they had, like, one of the first schools of law and blah, blah, blah. And, like, in the 1300s, and, like, what are we doing in America? It's like, yeah, he, do you understand anything? Well, that was, re- I mean, like, really fucked up and almost racist when he was like, well, yeah. in the 1300s, they were painting buffaloes on cave walls in the Americas. And, I mean, like, fuck. Yeah, it was just... like, it's not even a comparison. Yeah. I mean, it was wild. Like, I can just, like, it, total media shit show circus. Um, and this poor, weird girl. And that's really what I thought was interesting. Like, she made the case for, like, she's just a little bit of an oddball. Um, yeah. And, like, aren't we all? And, like, what if we were in the horrible, I don't know, position of being accused of murder because of, like, some weird shit that went down? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe don't study abroad, kids. Yeah, I feel like that's, like, the... the... Thing to take away from all of this yeah it's not so great out there no their their, their law systems legal systems are not as refined as ours yeah <laughs> we can tell that from making a murderer right <laughs> <laughs> like if you want to uh you wait until um other countries started complaining about their citizens pc culture and then you can go over there because until that happens you are kind of stuck in a pretty much backwards racist sexist country like no matter where you go Including Saudi. Yeah. It makes me yeah. wonder now with like this whole us being able to sue the Saudi government and it potentially opening up the possibility of foreign governments suing our government, etc. Like, anyway. Thanks, Obama. Yeah. No, Obama vetoed it. I know, but he didn't <laughs> warn Congress, you know, by specifically emailing or writing or talking to them about the dangers or ramifications that would come of this even though he went on tv the week before can be trusted to open us up to all sorts of i don't know politicians are dirt well well obama was on cnn like a week before talking about this bill and how important it would be and the ramifications of it and no one listened to him because all these people are up for re-election and no one wanted to vote against it because of those 9-11 lovers Here's a different way to phrase that. No, because they can't let it go, and they want to sue the Saudi government, that's why. I mean, then aren't these the same Republicans who wouldn't vote for um, first responders to have all of that health related? Right. Because it's Democrats, too. Somehow they don't have the money for that. No one wanted to vote against it, so it's everyone's fault. So now we have our own kind of Brexit situation where every fucking country's going to sue us now. We sure do. All of this somehow connects to Anda, um, Anda, Jesus Christ, Amanda Knox in, in some way. <laughs> surely. Surely. There's a um, thread in there what, somewhere. One, one other, so I know that you had mentioned, or I'm not sure if you mentioned on, on air, but about the Jean Benet Ramsey. Oh, yeah. Um, so I don't know how this compares to that. Well, that one was trash. Um I mean, I've really. I mean, there's like like four, five coming out, right? Yeah, like uh, yes. All of a sudden, it was like John Benet. The '90s are very hip. OJ, John Benet, um, but those I think were pretty awful in comparison to this Amanda Knox 
um, documentary because they weren't really documentary and they didn't even feign objectivity. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, certainly, like, we could talk about that all day. Like, is there such a thing? But garbage. This was, I think, really smartly done. Netflix did a really nice job. Um, and in the end, like, there's some answers, I think. Like, there's resolution, maybe. Like, we feel less like she is a murderer and more of an oddball who was in a weird situation. Whereas with the John Binet stuff, you still don't know a goddamn thing. Um, yeah. And, like, it's awful. Just, like, awful. I'm really excited for one day in, like, ten years, the Os- Oscar Pistoria story. Right. I want to see that reenacted. <laughs> like, who, who has his life rights right now? Like, why did you shoot through that door when you knew your girlfriend was behind it? You Just because you're in South Africa. But it actually, it goes to show you that even though you can watch as many movies as you want mm-hmm. about different cultures and, like, different crime procedurals and whatever, like, you can watch Spiral or you can watch Borgen about the Danish government. You don't really know what's happening in those countries. You don't know what it is to, like, walk down the street and be treated a certain way. Uh, be it a be, being it as being American or whatever, mm-hmm. um, or Muslim, wearing a burkini, whatever it is that it is. But, like, going to South Africa, the fear that you have going to sleep and then w- hearing a noise in your house, no matter how rich you are, you mm-hmm. grab that gun. Because you have a gun because you have to have a gun because the crime rate is so high. And that, like, you're never going to get that from watching a documentary. You're never going to understand where... Those people in John Bonet or O.J. Simpson, what they were thinking at the time, what drugs they were on, like, yeah. I, I'm surprised that, uh, that, I mean, Amanda Knox said she had taken or smoked some weed, right? Right. Yes. There could have been other stuff there. There, it's a college town, and this guy was trying to show his American girlfriend a good time. Mm-hmm. So like, you don't know what happened. They forgot. Then he said that she was there. Like, you never know. Nope. You never know. Now, it's time for our favorite thing of the week, obsessions. 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 Who wants to go first? I'll go first this time. Do it. So, I had heard about high maintenance on the Slate Culture Gab Fest a long time ago, and I was like, I'm not going to go online and watch a video, because I hate watching videos online. Let's be honest. Um, (laughs) But they said it was very short, and then they said you have to pay for it, and I was like, that's not going to happen. But... HBO bought High Maintenance, and they started making new shows of High Maintenance. Mm -hmm. And that show was, like, really addictive to watch. Mm -hmm. It's like, just like I was saying just now about how you can't experience something as a a person in a different world. You can go into these people's lives. You can be a dog for an episode Mm -hmm. and just feel the heartbreak of your friend going away and not being able to hang out with your friend again. It's just really touching. The first episode's really funny. Just moving on, like, it was just a really great introduction into high maintenance. And I think that 30 minutes is okay for me, but I can't watch something online. Moral of the story. Yeah. <laughs> um, currently obsessed with Banks's sophomore album, The Altar. So oh. Banks had an album, I think it was 2014, Goddess came out and was super sick, dark, um, R&B-E gothic kind of electronica stuff that I was really into um, and has now just released a second, uh, a follow-up to that um, that is similarly sort of dark and cool. Like, she's just a cool chick um, 
who is coming into her own. I think her sound is a little bit stronger this time. And I've been excited to listen to it. So I've been listening to a lot of Banks in addition to other lady artists that are out there right now releasing new stuff. Cool. Um, after finishing uh, NBC's Hannibal TV series, uh, I kind of really wanted to compare it against the book. So I listened to Red Dragon, which was a pretty good uh pretty good audiobook and now i'm on silence of the lambs right now and i fucking love clarice starling she does like i think that movie could be remade and they could just pay more attention to her because she is you know finding her way through a boys club and trying to catch a killer at the same time and it's just she's a wonderful character and i love her i love her i love her um so I'm kind of like on a Hannibal binge. Uh, Hannibal will be my next book that I'm going to listen to. And I also just bought the Hannibal trilogy on Blu-ray as well as the uh, Red Dragon remake of 2002 because in the Hannibal trilogy, they did Red, Red Dragon, but they called it Manhunter for some reason. And it very loosely follows the Red Dragon uh, story and it doesn't really hit on the like important notes of the, the book or the remake did. Um, so it's, it's still very interesting to watch and see the direction that they took because there are some, it's very scary. It's, it's a bit thrilling (laughs) in some points, but, uh, it's, it's a bit rushed for what the movie could have been. Although, uh, the guy they chose to play, um, as Will Graham is always like this kind of, uh, ruggedly handsome dude. So that I can appreciate. I thought that it was really scary for the, for the record, I didn't like Manhunter. It was really freaky. I don't like things, guys walking around in the dark with guns. I don't like that. I thought it was very funny. Also, the woman was blind. That was freaky. (laughs) All right, guys. Where can we find you on the internet? Uh, You can find me on Twitter at YoPrice and on Instagram at 80Price. That's where my art is. Like it. Heart it. Please. Thank you. Do it. Jeffrey? Um, I'm on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me there at... L. Jeffrey Craig, and then on RhymeReason.com. And you can find me on Twitter at JPriceIsRight, and on my other Twitter at Moondoggy underscore PSN. Thanks for listening to Rhyme and Reason Radio. Drop by our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash Reason and follow us on Twitter at RhymeAndReason, and let us know what you're obsessing about. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having us. Thank you.